Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's poppin', Fantasy Football Fiend family? Welcome back to the best new Fantasy Football Podcast on the air. The Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay. As always, I got my guy with me, Bro Joe. How did the people, Bro Joe? What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Let's go. Yo, we are going to get you right for the weekend news and notes, the preview for week five start sit advice we're going to make sure you have all the gems to make this a winning weekend join us on facebook at the fantasy football fiend family facebook group on instagram at fantasy football fiend and fantasy football fiend f-e-i-n at gmail for promos and advertising let's go ahead and hop right into your news And now your fantasy news. All right, good people. So with good football comes major and minor injuries. So let's go over a few of the ones that are going to affect the week this coming week. First up, we have a little bit of an update on Dak Prescott, Dallas quarterback. Owner Jerry Jones admitted on Tuesday of this week that the quarterback still can't grip the football well enough to play. Jerry is a master salesman. Uh, <laughs> this is the guy that a week ago was saying that he couldn't believe the pace in which Dak was healing and that it was astonishing to him. He was basically making it seem like it was a foregone conclusion that Dak was going to be playing this week and the man has yet to grip a foot. With that being said, my prognosis, I um, mean, I was talking to Vander about this earlier in the week. I was telling him, I, I honestly believe that Dallas isn't even going to try to bring Dak back until they take a loss with Cooper Rush because there's no reason to. That's right. Why rush it when you're winning? It don't make sense. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think he's probably two or three weeks removed healthily for that. I would love to see him do seven on sevens for a good period of time before seeing him in the game. How about so. just gripping the ball? I mean, yeah, me right. I mean, Dallas is in a good situation. Jerry Jones, tongue-in-cheek, said he wanted a quarterback controversy. You know how Dallas fans are. It ain't going to take but one or two more wins before they're like, Dak who? <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. just saying. Like, CD it ain't coming got back to life, too. So yeah. chill out. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson was dealing with a little bit of tendonitis in his throwing shoulder, but it looks as if he's good to go. He does have the Thursday game, so you guys are going to be probably watching him play the same day. You're probably going to be hearing this episode if it doesn't end up coming out Friday. And just a quick reminder, follow or subscribe whenever the episodes come out early. And I do try to get them out as early as possible. Whenever they do come out early, you will be one of the first to know. That can definitely come in handy 
opportunity, especially when it comes to waivers and you know trades, things of that nature. So continuing on, we have Mac Jones with New England. He's still dealing with his ankle injury. Now he was present on Wednesday for a limited practice and he's able to throw the ball. Throwing the ball isn't the issue. Um, he doesn't have a, a for body injury. It's a high ankle sprain. So the fact that he's able to throw the ball doesn't impress me like it would if it was maybe Dak was throwing the ball because he had a break to his hand, you know? So honestly, I'm at the point with New England where I just kind of feel like they should let it take however long it takes. It's obvious that especially in the AFC, in the AFC East at that, we ain't doing shit this year. It's, I mean, it's we just not. It, it's not going to happen. Don't ruin a guy that should be the future of the franchise for him to hurry up to come back to lose. I wouldn't do that if I was them, but hey, who am I? No, definitely agree. Jonathan Taylor is going to be out Thursday. And to Jonathan Taylor owners, let me give you a quick disclaimer. Please don't tilt. JT is still JT. He has an ankle injury well enough. Okay, cool. Plenty of players, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, whomever, defenses, all that kind of aren't up to snuff as if they would be if they had put in a good bit of time in the preseason. We're seeing this all over the NFL. This guy still has the running back chops. Please don't have such a short memory that you short sell Jonathan Taylor for way less than his value. It's a blessing in disguise that he's out this week, so you don't have to worry about him attempting to run on a bum ankle. But just the fact that they were going to think about him playing this Thursday tells me that after an extended period, because they're playing on a Thursday, he's going to have a whole lot more time to rest up and heal than if they had been playing on you know, the traditional Sunday to Sunday. Please don't tilt. Um, if you're going to trade him, fine. I'm not telling you not to trade him, but please get what he's actually worth and not what he's valued at at the moment. Yeah. And just a second, man, too. He's also been dealing with turf toe. So I think these yeah, 10 days are really going to help him a lot. And I think we should see him at least 80%. We know that's better than mostly all the backs in the league at 80%. Absolutely. Melvin Gordon with the Denver Broncos is slated to be the lead dog going forward with Javon. Monte Williams being out for the rest of the year due to his knee injury. Um, they also brought in Latavius Murray and they have Boone there as well. Do you believe that Gordon is actually going to end up having the lion's share of the carries or is this going to end up splitting out to a committee yet again? I'm, I'm glad you said it that way. I think this is going to be a committee and I think of that committee, he's going to have 40% of the, of the backfield. You don't, you know, as much as Latavius is old, we are Already know how effective and efficient he is and Mike Boone to me seems to be that uh, the scat back out of all three he just brings a little bit of extra shiftiness and he's a little I can't say he's more explosive but for whatever reason he's like Philip Lindsay he's smaller but he can just break off large uh, games at a time so I think they're gonna use all three so I think somebody needs to really capitalize if today since it's Thursday night, if he has a good game, I'm, I would be trying to sell, sell high on him or put him in a package to kind of upgrade the position because once Latavius, we saw Latavius, he actually came to the Ravens and he played that same week. So we mm-hmm. know as a veteran, he's going to be on the field right away. He might, he's going to definitely see snaps tonight. And you saw what he did with the Saints last week. Shit. Um, yep. <laughs> I thought he was going to take 
I thought he was going to take Ingram's job, but because he's on the practice squad, anyone that's on a practice squad can be signed to another team's active 53-man roster, right. and it doesn't require any say-so as far as from the team that he's on. So I think the Saints made a mistake by not signing him to the active roster. He showed to definitely have a little bit more spark in him than Ingram does at the moment. So at least if you signed him to the roster, you could have traded him. I don't care if it was for a seventh-round pick. They took him from you for nothing at that point. Uh, Gus Edwards is actually back in practice, returning from his knee injury. Now, the thing that's going on with the Ravens right now is it looks like they're going to end up having a larger committee than the norm. We know they love Dobbins. We know they love Gus. We got a rookie involved. We got Kenyon Drake involved. Mike Davis is still there. And Lamar runs the ball as well. I just don't know if any of the Ravens' backfield is going to be worth the risk going forward. I still love J.K., but this year, I think they're going to want to keep J.K. and Gus on a pitch count, and they have the veterans there to be able to sub in to do so, even if they lose a little bit of that oomph that the, the two younger guys kind of bring to the table. I like what you said, and then I honestly uh, see something similar, but for a different reason. I think this offense is, has a lack of identity. And as they're going to do so, like you said, it's going to come at them also holding on to two viable playoff pieces and Gus Edwards and Dobbins. So I got that. I agree. I think, you know, for at least the next several weeks, seeing a mixture of what they have in the stable, but definitely they, they're going to work on bringing Gus on as, as soon as he's available because he's a difference maker and true change of pad, a change of pace. He reminds me of like a D'Angelo Williams, like what he's meant to, for example, the Panthers. And then he went over to the Steelers. You can say Mike Davis could do the same thing, but for whatever reason, he just does it different. He does it different from uh, all his other counterparts. So he's a viable piece of that run game, almost like Kareem Hunt. I want to say that's I'm sure, yeah, much easier. I agree. So I, I think they're gonna agree. really bring him back. And since they lack an identity right now, I don't think we're missing anything. I think Dobbins is like we uh, spoke before the show, probably four weeks or so away from being eighty, another eighty percent guy. Uh, at least going to weeks 12 and forward. And Gus will probably take a little bit longer than that because he's just now getting back to practice. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Uh, speaking of running backs that are getting back to practice, Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders has been designated for return, and he actually stating that he's going to be practicing limitedly this week. You know, he was robbed and shot twice, and now about a month or so later, he's back at practice. So blessed. That's all I can say. I mean, <laughs> things could have turned out quite a bit different. I'm glad to see him back in the fold. What do you think that means for Gibson at this point when Brian Robinson does return? This is going to be a close to a target share than we'll ever see because now McKissick is involved because these this yeah. is yet a team that can't close out games. And so we've seen him play a huge role in the offense. What we will see probably for a few weeks, we just got to wait and see. I don't even want to say what we will see because we know Brian Robinson had this job in the bag. But missing a month of football, it's not like, you know, missing it in OTAs and training camp. Now you're restarting a process that you was doing in a program that was 16 weeks all over again. So I want to like kind of caution people. It's not just like he's, oh, I missed a week. Like the time he misses a lot relative to football. He is somebody who's going to be uh, valuable in the second half of the season. He just does everything well. He's a finisher. He puts the, you know, the umph onto all the plays. 
He can catch, he can run rounds, he can pass block. He just does a lot of things more proficiently than Gibson would. So I think he is going to have a role. We got to kind of wait two or three games to kind of see it to come to fruition. This is a good buy low. Let me ask you this. If I asked you what wide receiver, if you just threw a couple of them out there, two or three of them out there, what wide receivers do you think currently have the most touchdowns? Of course, we got Diggs up there. Okay. And then after Diggs... Shoot, who else getting busy like that? I want to say Tyreek got two touchdowns. A name like Jahan Dotson of the, of the Washington Commanders probably wouldn't come directly to mind when thinking about who's currently leading the NFL with touchdowns, but he is tied with Diggs right now mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most touchdowns in the NFL. He did tweak a hamstring. He wasn't practicing on Wednesday. I believe he's probably going to miss a week or two. They just don't want, they want to kind of play it close to the vest. But if I can put Dotson in the IR spot for a couple of weeks, while the waiver wire is still chuck full of talent and I can get that talent off the wire, move it, package it up however I need to, and then have Dotson, who again is currently leading the NFL in touchdowns, waiting to return. I think that's a move I would probably try to make. A lot of times people want to wait a little too long to recognize sunshine. It don't take a whole day to recognize sunshine, y'all. The chemistry between Wentz and Dotson, they've been talking about this since the offseason. He's just the guy that they go to in the red zone, more so than Scary Terry, more so than Samuel, who's kind of like your slot guy. He, If you're in PPR, if you want to get your steady Eddie, the guy that's probably, no matter how many points the team puts up, the guy that's going to give you kind of the best value, that's probably actually going to be Curtis Samuel right now in the PPR. If you're looking for touchdowns, if you're talking about like a standard league, Dotson for the price that you would have to pay for him, I would rather get them before people start to wake up versus after people woke up. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, even going back to what we said during the draft segments, you get somebody that's really close to Terry as far as his skill set. And I was kind of skeptical about it. I'm like, how is this going to work out? But like you said, Wentz is just, that's just his guy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like one thing I can say with this offense, Wentz is targeting in Samuel like we ain't seen before. And now he's targeting this rookie. McLaurin, can you come back? Is you going to get, you know, resuscitated if this guy misses a couple games? If I was an owner, I definitely would like to see him sit one to two games because we know how much, you know, those injuries can linger and turn into something else. So hopefully they do the right thing, but they, they're they in desperate, you know, win now territory, Tennessee coming to town this weekend. And the thing about that is you can't put your number one guy on Dotson. He's going to be on scary territory. Nine times out of 10, he's going to have a number two or number three corner on him, just depending on, you know, who's playing what style of defense. The fact that he's in the same vein as Terry, but has lesser competition on him, makes all the sense in the world for why Wentz keeps going to him. It's easier to get them the ball. It makes sense to me. Same sort of thing with this next receiver. Isaiah McKenzie, he remains in the NFL's concussion protocol because he had a very scary moment. Per his own admission, he stated that he was paralyzed momentarily after getting hit and concussed. It's unlikely that he plays this week for sure. But this is a guy that Allen has started to depend on in that slot role. And I believe that it's a guy that you can kind of get again on the cheap. He can be a staple for you. He'll be like your Edelman's and your Welkers of the world of yesteryear. Same sort of deal as far as he's concerned. But hopefully he'll be okay because he definitely had a very scary moment. We have Kadarius Toney with the New York Giants. 
He's on the mend with his hamstring. He had a limited session on Wednesday. They're hoping that within the next couple of weeks, they'll be able to get him back in the fold along with his teammate, Wondell Robinson. They are winning right now without their two best wide receivers. The Giants aren't nearly as good as they're going to end up being. Those are two guys, again, if you have IR spots, put them to use. Why not have them already on your team? News is currency. When the news comes out that they're ready to rock and they're going to be playing that next week, maybe you package them up before you see what it is, or maybe you just happen to be the first one to be able to see what they look like upon coming back and you like what you see and end up keeping them. Who knows? But definitely now's the time to make that move so they can be in that IR spot and it costs you nothing to do so. LaVisca Chenault is dealing with a hamstring injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He had that, you know, one breakout game and he was broke after that. I don't know how much of a dependence they're going to use with Chenault, but he did look like he was going to be a part of the offense. The thing with Chenault is, and well, hell, the thing with all the Carolina receivers is they have Baker Mayfield as a quarterback right now. So who knows what's going to happen week to week. Do you think that when Sam Darnold is healthy, I know the coach right now rule is basically, you know, he's not ready to come back and Baker's our guy. Okay, it's easy for Baker to be your guy when his only replacement isn't capable of replacing him. Why would would you say, yeah, when Donald comes back, this dude is out of here? It wouldn't make sense to say that. But do you think that when Sam Donald comes back that he may take over? I know DJ Moore has been clamoring for that to happen because although he's the most targeted receiver on the team, most of the damn targets are uncatchable. This is the only quarterback DJ Moore has ever played with that's actually made him look like he wasn't a good receiver. DJ Moore is not capable of making Baker Mayfield look better than what he is, but he has been able to make all his previous quarterbacks look better than what they were. I'm ready for Donald to come back. That's another guy that I would put on the IR spot. If you have any quarterback issues as far as like two QB leagues or super flex leagues, that might be the only free quarterback available to you right now in some of those leagues because most of them, you won't see any quarterbacks on the waiver. So. Yeah, and to your point, they're getting the 49ers this week. If anybody mm-hmm. was expecting Baker to look any better, the one of the best defenses is coming to town this weekend. So, yeah, good luck yeah. with that. Matter of fact, we can skip that matchup when we get to it in the next uh, segment. <laughs> Bitch, all them bitches. That's what we're telling you to do right now. Don't trust none of them. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, he isn't participating in practice on Wednesday due to a hamstring issue as well. The Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported that, man, like you go from not being utilized in the offense to now being hurt. I'm hoping that this is going to be another one of those quarterback change situations and the offense is finally able to really go in the direction that it can go. We had Cordero Patterson who ended up on IR. So Tyler Allegier and Caleb Huntley are going to be in line for a little bit more of a role there. I would definitely go ahead and take a look at Allegier as a pickup if you have any running back issues. Atlanta may be in the same position as Pittsburgh, just in desperate need of some type of a spark. And in the offseason, the outlooks on quarterbacks kind of look the brightest for Ritter and Pickett ends up being the first one to come in and, you know, take over the starting job. So do you think that's going to be the direction that Atlanta goes in? Or is this going to end up having to be an injury for Mariota before Ritter sees? I think, honestly, they're going to have to fall out of playoff contention. Right now with that division, we already know it's pretty much going to go to the lad to the month of December because the how and that the Buccaneers are looking. I think honestly, there'll be a difference similar to from Trubisky to Pickett. 
I just I'm kind of shocked that Ritter didn't win the job. Be honest with you, because like Mariota is a good quarterback, but I feel like Arthur Smith is trying to to mirror too much of what worked. Not even what worked in Tennessee, what they tried in Tennessee with having a run a run based offense. But you never went out and kind of solidified the running back position by getting one of the top backs. You know, like the Brees Halls, Damian Pierce, Kenny Walker. You got Cordell, who's who was good, who's doing who did good to start the season, and then a whole bunch of possibilities behind that so i think this is a, a huge blow i think kenny like to p- get a, a fourth overall pick man for him to hardly be utilized and then you have a setback like a hamstring injury vander was mentioning that as far as cordero is concerned he's just not built like that like he's right. never been used the way atlanta is trying to use him and like in spurts you can kind of see that he has the talent but you can also see that he is not a workhorse back so exactly. I mean, Exactly. They're going to have to figure out how to use him. Exactly. Yep. That pretty much wraps up the news. We're going to go ahead and get into your week five preview. All right, good people. So let's take a deep dive into each of the matchups. We're going to let you know who we like, who we don't, and then we're going to keep it moving. First matchup, Thursday night, Indy versus Denver. This one has a 42 point over under, and there's only a three point spread. Indy's getting the points. Do you like anyone in particular in on either of these teams in this Thursday night game? Honestly, the, because of the game strip, the only person that you kind of can look at is Sutton. I think Sutton is, is in line for what he's been doing all season, but I do think he can find the end zone, which kind of adds value to him being you know, like a wide receiver three, wide receiver two this week. What do you feel about Melvin Gordon? And what do you feel about um, Hines? Um, we kind of have two backups that are going to be in the forefront. And the thing about Thursday night games, a lot of times, because it's the only game to focus on, if anyone has a better than average game, they become immediate trade bait. So if Hines or Gordon, either one of them happens to have an above average game, you're probably going to be able to trade them on Friday for way more than they were. What do you think about those two guys? Looking at Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon is also coming to this game a little bit backed up, but I think they're going to activate more likely than not uh, Murray, like we kind of were discussing in the last segment. And they also have Boom. I think their identity isn't more so lacking in the run game, but they haven't been prolific in what they needed to do moving the ball through the air. I understand like Russell has been have this question of tendonitis or and everything else, but I think there'll be more so a way more balanced offense, and they're going to look to move the ball. And then with Naeem, obviously Naeem is going to be a great target for somebody in PPR. I think he's going to easily have four catches. I agree. This game, I think, I think he'll have closer to six. I think That's- four is what he would have gotten if he was playing with JT. I think that D, that kid Deion Jackson is going to see a good amount of targets, and they're going to bring up Philip Lindsay. But Deion Jackson is somebody who's going to kind of be the one and two down. They're going to split that 50 50. Next up, we have the New York Giants going up against the Green Bay Packers. This one is a 40 and a half point over under with an eight point spread. The points are going towards the Giants. Now, I think the spread here, if you're one of those that uh, likes to bet, you'd be better off getting in on this one sooner than later. Because because if Daniel Jones is announced as the starter, I think that line will change a little bit. But again, I think this is disrespect. The same as when Green Bay was going up.
up against New England last week and they had nine and a half. I thought that was disrespectful. I think they give them way more credit to Green Bay than what they have shown that they should be given at this point. The Giants have kind of been in it or have won it in damn near every one of their games. So I don't see why they think they're going to be a damn near double digit dog in this one. As far as fantasy is concerned, I absolutely love, look, DFS play, Barkley is going off this week. Oh, yeah. Going off this week. Green Bay's run defense has not looked up to snuff as of late. And if Daniel Jones is ready to go, I don't think they're going to give his full compliment or load, if you will, that he would normally have. I really believe they're going to lean on Saquon and he's going to produce. Saquon, I like, and that's pretty much it for the Giants. Green Bay, honestly, the only person I like on Green Bay is Jones. Nobody else has been consistent enough for me to be able to hang my hat on. And just giving somebody a little bit of spice and sprinkle something on there. Considering, in addition to Wandell, Tony might have to play because they got so many injuries at the wide receiver position. Obviously, you can start there by looking at Tony, but if he's not able to go, it's Sterling Shepard and Richie James off the bat. Who else is going to catch the ball at this point? Uh, Sterling Shepard out for the year, bro. Oh, shit. With the a- yeah, he tore his ACL. Yeah, well, he tore um, Richie James and uh, Tony, because Tony has to play at this point. Tony has to play. But, but, but if his hamstring ain't good, I mean, can he? I mean, his whole thing is speed. And if he tries to play the way he plays on a bad hamstring, the only thing he's going to do is be out for several more months. So, so we're I, looking at a, a team that's going to have Sills, Richie James, and Colin Johnson pretty much. Saquon Barkley. He's yeah. the whole <laughs> team. He's the whole team, bro. I promise you. <laughs> you got, uh, yeah, I got too many shares in here. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. But that's your guy. That was your my guy. <laughs> so, I mean, props given where props are due. He, he's going to go off again this week. Hell, I can see Saquon being responsible for damn near half of the over-under. Pittsburgh going up against Buffalo. This is a 46-point over-under. And Pittsburgh, this may be the highest amount of points that I've seen Pittsburgh given. Maybe uh, maybe ever is tongue-in-cheek, but it's been some years. Years. They're getting 14 points. That's crazy. That I mean, yeah, for, for. but then again, it's not because it's Buffalo. Um, so you have a rookie quarterback with the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against a seasoned defense and going up against an offense that is going to put all sorts of pressure on him to make all kind of passes that he probably shouldn't make because that's the only way that you're going to be able to stay in the game. Maybe that 14 is out for Pope, but I definitely like all the Buffalo Bills. Pick your poison. I still like Singletary. Obviously like Josh Allen. Obviously like Diggs. If Gabe goes, I like Davis. I don't think Isaiah is going to go this week. So if you're in a pinch or if you're trying to find a really cheap DFS play, if Jamison Crowder is going to go as the starter in that slot, I would maybe slide his way as a cheap option in tournaments and things of that nature that probably won't be heavily owned. But that's pretty much all I got for that matchup. I don't know. Other end is going to go to, like you said, if Crowder is a play and that's something we're going to have to probably wait up until, honestly, it's going to go up to kickoff. If he doesn't play, then Shakir is going to be a great value. We just saw him come Absolutely. In He'll God be even damn. less owned and probably even cheaper. I think Shakir is going to be a great play if you do DFS or even if you need a flex play. Like you want to buy, you just, you need you got injury to your wide receiver position. You can actually slide him in there. Uh, going on to the other side, this is a good opportunity to get Kenny Pickett. I don't think he's going to do well in this, obviously, because he's going against the Bills, and though Bill has been trouble like trouble with uh, all these different injuries, they played relatively well. That they got back Dane Jackson and Poirier back into that defense. 
but we've seen the passing game kind of come alive a little bit. Pickett is just everything we described in our previous shows. He just not to get that fucking ball moving, man. And for you know, if you were lucky to have held on to Pickens, Pickens, this this Pickens time at this point, I'm not a fan of any of the Steelers, but I just wanted to point that, that point out. If you have Pickens, it ain't gonna look pretty this week. You got Pickett for a reason. I think uh, at quarterback, he's gonna fare pretty well during the rest of the season, but just not this matchup. Honestly, here's the other side of that coin though garbage time counts too and it's not like they're just gonna run the ball because they're behind he may have no choice but to throw the ball and somebody's gonna have to catch it so it may be one of those games where the game itself doesn't look good but for fantasy due to necessity right they gotta throw the ball from the first quarter through the fourth quarter that's one of those ones that could go left or it could go right if you have pickings if you have you know johnson i would definitely not play claypool if you have Najee, you i mean some of those guys that you just got to do what you got to do but it could go one of two different ways so we're letting you know just in case you do have alternatives there the los angeles Chargers are going to be going up against the cleveland browns this one has a 47 and a half point over under and the browns are getting two and a half i kind of like both sides of the coin as far as fantasy is concerned in this one i like cooper i like chubb obviously who's currently the number one running back in fantasy i like hunt i like this to be a, a hunt type game keenan allen i don't know if he's going to return this week or not but if he doesn't i love the target share right now that Gerald Everett is getting. Another one of Joe's guys. Joe's on fire this year, y'all. Again, I give props for props to do. Everett is a target hog right now and they're looking to him in the red zone quite a bit i like his chances of putting up decent numbers is definitely as far as tight ends go some of your upper echelon tight ends aren't doing very much outside of kelsey and andrew hawkinson is snuck up in there he had a really big game last week but tight end has really been a topsy turvy type position if you find one that's getting consistency in targets, such as Higby and Everett, and they're catching those targets, especially in PPR, those are guys that you're going to kind of have to roll with until you can. Yeah, Higby was another one uh spoke about too. But going into this matchup, man, like you said, this is the one you're going to like on both sides of the ball. I agree. You got to start your running backs from Eckler to Hunt to Chubb. This is going to be a really good play as far as that. And like you said, Amari is definitely going to be somebody to uh, take a look at. Other than that, honestly, and Gerald Everett, you call, yeah, you called it right, man. Honestly, you don't really want to put too much into this game. You can tell with the pace of game, this is just going to be who's going to get that big play, who's going to you know convert in the red zone. But I, I expect a lot of field goals out of this game. These are two two and two teams that are like really kind of still finding their way, but we know the, well, they're going to both run the ball pretty efficiently and like you said too with Keenan Allen uh, if he doesn't play this week I, I think he's going to be back in a week or two and that's stretching it saying two weeks but even still the the volume we're going to see wherever it is going to change just like we kind of broke down the show how it works out Herbert just likes to target his tight ends and they like to freaking run a lot of routes I agree you caught the game right Chicago's going to be going up against Minnesota. This one has a 44 point over under and Chicago's getting seven points in this one. Chicago either can't or doesn't want to throw the ball. See, there's a couple of things going on. Fields doesn't have receivers that can get off the press. His best receiver, who's supposed to be his number one Mooney, is looking more like a wide receiver three. And I really feel like Allen Robinson should have stayed his ass where he was. And this team could look a whole lot better. And he would look a whole lot better because he ain't getting no love at all right now with the rim. And that's just, you know, again, another product of them not knowing 
knowing each other. No preseason, and we can't really practice in the games. So it's going to take a little bit of time for a lot of these people in new situations to kind of, you know, catch on. But I definitely like the Minnesota side of the ball. Now, as far as Chicago is concerned, if David Montgomery doesn't go this week, I love Khalil Herbert. Even if David Montgomery does go this week, he'll probably be on a pitch count. So I still like Herbert because he's the better back for this particular system, and he's the pass catching back. Minnesota, you know, start your guys. You're going to start Cook. You're going to start Jefferson. If you got Cousins, you got them for a reason. Um, unless you happen to be in a single QB league and he's your backup and you have a better option. But that's kind of where I'm at on this one. I agree. I think with Minnesota, you need to fire everybody up. I get it. The Bears been playing a really good amount of defense. They've been keeping these games fairly competitive. We're going to have to assume that we get the Vikings we saw this past week. And with that being said, you need to be firing all the receivers up, minus Osborne. Osborne has been playing too. But Thielen and Jefferson, on the other hand, that's a great tandem right there. And then Irv Smith, you have to in a matchup like this where it's an anemic and inept uh, offense with Chicago. I would say with Chicago because, you know, I love Fields, but I think we're a year too soon with, with Fields. And what I'm what I'm saying with that, it's almost, it's almost like with Jalen Hurts two years ago where it was committed to the RPO, the offense didn't look right. We're wondering what the hell the Eagles are doing. This is still a team that's going to have $97 million next year. Like it, I just, That's the thing. Yep, absolutely. You just seen them putting together this RPO thing. They're just trying to get a feel for what they got. And it's coming at the expense of Mooney to your point. So like you said, you got to just trust Khalil at this point. And the moment, the second Justin Fields can get you 30 points, which he can do. People are saying that he's a horrible passer. No, you got to think about what the play calling is asking him to do. Like, they're not asking, you know, this is a guy who paid, who passed for upwards of 270, 268 quite a few times last year. Right. Um, this He's a he's going to be a sell high when that time comes. But as far as the matchup, give me Khalil. And I, I'm not trusting Mooney because if, if, we in week we in week five. This is when you need to start getting guaranteed players into that lineup. I'm not touching Mooney. And in all actuality, if you're a dynasty owner and you're not in win now mode, whether you're super flex or single QB, I might buy low on fields for what I believe he's going to end up being when he actually gets a yeah. true number one and number two receiver. He don't even have a slot receiver. Like he has no no receiver in a natural position at all. And Komet is kaput. He's done. He's garbage. Move on. He's he's horrible. Trash. You know? Moving right along, we have Detroit going up against the New England Patriots. This is a 45 and a half point over under. Detroit is actually getting the three points, and that's just customary for the team that is at home to get three points. So they're basically saying these teams are even. If St. Brown goes, I think he's going to end up torching the Patriots. He's not an outside receiver, so he wouldn't be going up against the strength of the secondary. I just kind of feel like Detroit is doing things a little bit different. I don't think that Mac Jones is going to go for us. Mm. For all for all we know, Brian Hoyer won't be out of protocol. So we may be looking at Zappy starting and then they picked up um, Gilbert. Who is it? Gilbert some shit. I don't know. They picked up some dude that we don't even need to talk about for fantasy purposes as as a backup just in case but if Hawkinson goes i know he had a bit of an injury if he goes he, he'll get the same love that he got last week if saint brown doesn't go it's already looking like chart may not go so it'll be kind of interesting how that part works out i know swift won't be back yeah and this is one of those other situations where kind of broke down too like what kind of offense we're going to expect from detroit with ben johnson coming onto the team 
And now we're seeing it. As far as the breakdown for the game, like you said, St. Brown, I think, is a week too soon. I don't think he'll be uh, in this game either, but I think it's more or less he's going to definitely for sure be next week. We also called out Josh Reynolds last week who had a really good game. He's quite now questionable. So I think, you know, somebody's needing to own a wide receiver. You need, again, your team is decimated by injury or you need somebody that's going to get you eight points or so. We're going right back to Josh Reynolds this week if healthy. I think he's going to be somebody who we should see come off the report if he is to be injured or not injured by Friday. When you finally hear this, you'll know already if Josh Reynolds is off the report. If not, Khalif Raymond was somebody who was targeted uh, second most on the team. And again, just another one of those guys that Goff knows and Goff has familiarity with. He plays a lot in the slot as well. So we already know he's going to get an abscess of targets. As far as the other side, I just can't trust anybody on New England's offense. You want to kind of say Devontae, but uh, Devontae came back to earth last week. Uh, two receptions, I think 24 yards. I just wouldn't trust it in this matchup. Like it's going to be a really close game, so we can go on to the next game. We have Seattle going up against New Orleans. This is a 46-point over-under, and Seattle's getting five-and-a-half points. I don't know who the quarterback is going to be for New Orleans in this one, so it's kind of difficult to say what's what. I do know that regardless of whether the quarterback was Winston or Dalton, Olave was getting a lot of love. So um, Olave is someone I would definitely not feel starting. DK is getting a whole lot of love from Gino, and Gino right now is running this Seattle offense. I'm not afraid to start Gino, although I'm not looking for him to save my team. But we're talking about a super flex, two QB league, something like that. I'm not afraid to Gino at all. And y- your boys are looking decent. I think they're going to put Seattle in a, in a place where they may have to end up thinking about whether or not they keep Gino because he's not going to lose enough games for you to get a high enough pick to get the quarterback that you thought you were going to get. Yeah, and just like I was saying before, like I think, like I said, I think I thought he's going to be an eight and eight, seven and nine team coming into the season, but going into the matchup. I think this is going to be a really good game. It's one of those I, I hope is in our in our region where we you know where we at because it's going to be a good game. I think these are two defensive teams that are playing relatively well. And then to our defense, we got Tariq Woolen who's having that Terrell that you know AJ Terrell type of season where he's one of the top corners so far through five weeks. Going down to the matchup, like you said, got to be Olave. I'm so surprised that they didn't target this guy a lot more in the last matchup, but they targeted him towards the end of the game last week. You can't make that mistake going. Against in Seattle, to your point, who's you know moving the ball and matriculated pretty well, and this is going to be Lattimore versus Metcalf part two. We've seen what that means to you know Lattimore going against Evans. This is the same type of matchup. They just hate each other. So I, I'm I'm excited to see how that plan out. But I can't give a play on that because I already know Lattimore is going to be on Metcalf. I would definitely take a bite on Lockett for real, for real. You have to. And then looking at. Everybody else, just it's like a flyer. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody played uh, Gino this week, just the success Gino's having under uh, Waldron's offense. But I would say, honestly, Olave, maybe take You got to play Lockett and Metcalf if you have them. They're solid, but that's about it. Miami's going to be going up against the Jets. This one is a 46-point over-under. The Jets are getting three points, and they're at home. So that means that they believe that Miami is actually about six points better than the Jets. Now, Tua isn't going to go. I don't know how much 
I take off for Bridgewater being Bridgewater is like a right-handed tool to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, like they're really not that far apart is as far as their quarterback talent is concerned. I look to see a bit of the same as far as Miami is concerned. I know Waddle was nicked up. If he doesn't go, I love Gasecki. Don't really like the run game in Miami because I don't know which direction it's going to go. And they don't really get a whole lot done on the run game. But if you're desperate for a running back, Raheem start would be someone I might look at. As far as New York is concerned, I want to know whether or not they're going to get Wilson, Garrett Wilson involved, or are they just going to allow Zach Wilson to go to his security blanket, Corey Davis? In my opinion, if not now, when? This is your guy. Corey Davis probably won't even be on the team next year. You need to focus on him and Elijah Moore. Flacco showed you what you can get done with those receivers on your team. I I don't want to see that talent wasted. We were able to see with a few weeks of Flacco what Garrett Wilson really is. And although the Jets, you know, won this past week, I wasn't really impressed with how they won. Zach Wilson kind of had one good quarter, the fourth quarter, which is a, a damn good quarter to be good in. That's but right. outside of that, it wasn't really, you know, <laughs> wasn't really all that much to write home about, I would say. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a real challenge for them, Zay, to your point, because we've seen the Dolphins' defense work in one or two ways. If you are a good quarterback, you can, you know, make the correct checks and assignments to kind of mitigate what they can do as far as the pass rush. But if you can't, we've seen them wreak havoc on a team. And that's where we at with a player like Zach Wilson, which kind of is going to impact the players around him. Is he savvy enough to make those plays to kind of give you the upside you'll have? Because all the receivers has to be on the board. Like you said, he loves uh, C- he loves Corey Davis, but his his baby mama is C- is uh, Elijah Moore by far. Like, <laughs> Elijah, Elijah's stock goes up tenfold. When uh, Zach is on the field, he just that's just who he loves. But to your point, we have to see more Garrett because just like his counterpart Alave, we see that these these guys are highly capable and bring an added dimension to these offenses. So I, I think with this theory, like I said, going back to what I said, if Zach, if you believe Zach can make the right progressions and make the and make the right checks and alignment then all the receivers are going to pay value to their value. Wide receiver three, wide receiver two. If you don't, then I say it's a, you, if you got somebody better, start them. Uh, as far as as far as far running back, I like Brees Hall, man. More and more, you're, we're seeing what we were seeing during the draft process and what we all thought he would be. Just a, It's like a t- it's like a little chisel, a little chisel at a time. We're starting to see him getting the most impactful uh, snaps, but also to the targets. We got to forget, like, this kid is catching a lot of passes, just like I, I alluded to before, and we're seeing it week over week. I think the game before last, he had over nine targets at running back. I think he's gonna he's gonna have to be a viable factor in this game. So again, you can fire up your receivers if you need a wide receiver two or three. And I like Brees Hall. As far as the other side of it, we know who Tyreek is, and Tyreek, I, I was sleeping on it, and Vander called it out, and I was sleeping on what he was saying. Obviously, you got to have Tyreek. Obviously, you got to have Waddle in this bunch. And like I said, Gasecki. I think honestly, I get it. They the maybe they maybe Mike Daniels put him in the the, the doghouse because he wanted that franchise tag as a wide receiver and, it, and he was in a doghouse for a moment. But play this dude, man. 
he's high, he's more than capable. And to your point, Brees Hall actually had 16.2% of the target share in week four. Now, to give you kind of an idea of where everyone else ranked up, Garrett Wilson had 16.2, so they were equal. And Corey Davis had 18.9. Tyler Conklin was at 13.5. Elijah Moore was the low man on the totem pole. As far as snaps as a running back, Hall was at 66% to Michael Carter's 44%. Yet he is taking over the backfield as we speak. It's starting to look like, again, what we were kind of talking about in the offseason. But again, when you really don't have as much preseason there for anyone, it's going to take a little while. Let me just plug in one thing because it goes back to what we're saying. Tyler Conklin is somebody, if you needed to start a, a tight end in place of, this guy is playing every freaking snap for their team. Like if you look at it, it's been 92, 97, 97. This guy doesn't come off the field. So if you need a quick layup of 6 to 12 points, or, hey, shit, he might catch two touchdowns. He just has that upside. So I forgot. When you just said Tyler Conklin, I was like, yeah, we got to we gotta let the uh, viewers know about Tyler Conklin still being that dude. Again, he plays an absurd amount of snaps. So, t- again, DFS, tournament plays you want to look at people that may be low owned and have the possibility to kind of break out and put up points that people didn't see coming he'd be one of those guys that you can kind of pay little to nothing for in that particular position if you want to go for the gusto some of the higher price players in other positions as far as dfs is concerned you have the atlanta falcons going up against the tampa bay buccaneers this one is a 48 point over under with nine points going towards the atlanta falcons so this matchup is going to be pretty good. I think, honestly, now that Brady got his full compliments of receivers, it's about to be a slaughter. This shit's about to get nasty. I know the Falcons has been playing fairly competitive to this point in the season. And I mean by competitive, that they've kept the game interesting to the third to fourth quarter. This not going to be that kind of matchup. I think we already seen what they can do with the run game. So we only got to talk about, we know the history against the run. I think, honestly, you got to consider somebody like Drake London. Pitt, to me personally, is going to be literally somebody that's game time. So we won't know nothing Friday. We won't know nothing Saturday. I think his designation is going to be a game time decision. So B, you have to take what we said earlier in the show into account and kind of adjust your lineup ahead of time going into Sunday because we won't know until 12.50, 12.55, before 1 o'clock. So that's something we got to keep in mind. But Drake London's been somebody who's been kind of foolproof to those conversations. Looking at the other matchups, obviously, I want all pieces of the entire Bucks. So start all the Bucks minus Julio. I don't know. I'm, he, he may not play. So he, Yeah, right. So that's how I look at it. Start all the Bucks. And then you got to go with Drake London, roll him out there. I think he's viable as a wide receiver two or three because that's all Mariota knows is Drake London in this offense, apparently. Tennessee Titans are going to be going up against the Washington Commanders. This one has a 42 and a half point over under, and the Commanders are getting the two and a half points in this one. I like Tennessee's defense. Wentz has been one of the most sad quarterbacks in the league thus far. So no matter, first of all, I don't see them putting up an extraordinary amount of points by any means. But even if they do score a few points i can see maybe an interception here a couple of sacks there that'll kind of give you a a good baseline if you're looking for a streaming defense i also like the jaguars defense we'll be talking about that matchup next but as far as derrick henry the king has returned start your stud i don't really have faith in any of the wide receivers in tennessee one of them is going to do good i don't know which one um maybe woods is the one i would bet on if i had to pick one as far as the commanders are concerned 
I think this may end up being a McLaurin week because Dotson is going to be out. Samuel is going to be consistent regardless. But if you're trying to figure out which one is most likely to get the touchdown, I think it's going to end up being McLaurin or it's going to end up being Logan Thomas, the tight end there. I like Gibson as long as they don't rush Robinson back and give him a fair amount of carries. But Tennessee's defense is is pretty stout. So it could mess around and end up being one of those games where Gibson gets, you know, 12 carries for 40 yards and you're just hoping like hell he gets a touchdown. I, I can see that being an avenue as well, but I do think he ends up coming through for you with a touchdown. So there's that. Yeah, and I think, honestly, you covered the matchup to a T. So what I'll just do is I'll just plug in a player. So they have a tight end there. I think Austin Hooper, Hooper might have bad luck. He went to the Browns, and they had Njoku, and then they got another yeah. person. And Okonokowo, whatever. I think, honestly, it's somebody, if you need a stash, if you just want to see what somebody who might pop off look like, I say this is the week to kind of take him. If you just got a free spot and put him on your uh, offense, I think, honestly, Austin Hooper just ran into bad luck, man, yet again. This kid, honestly, he played a considerable amount. And he played pretty proficient. He had three for three, 38 yards, and one touchdown. And that wasn't by like by fluke. Like this dude really um he looked really nice, man. I'm not gonna put no comp to him. But again, if somebody, if you just you got an extra space, you just want to take a flyer and, and have, you know, maybe a, a not a gym, but somebody who's gonna be really serviceable the next few weeks and might turn into something. This is a good time to take a share out on him. Again, his snap share has been really fairly um at value 15, 29, 17. 24 most recently but his usage is really starting to take some value as far as his you know route and everything else so quick stash the houston Texans are going to be going up against the jacksonville jaguars <laughs> this is going to be a 43 and a half point over under houston is going to be getting seven points i love jacksonville in this game start your jags trevor lawrence Robinson. I like Christian Kirk. I love the Jags defense. As far as the Texans are concerned, start Pierce, start Cooks. That's about it. Man, and this goes back again to us having these conversations. And I was pointing out like Christian Kirk was him, bro. Like, I think um, he's matchup proof. We just seen him last week. I think they went against the Eagles. Matchup proof. Like, uh, this kid, like, he's every bit of... We understood why his mama was <laughs> talking shit. Like, OBJ, <laughs> daddy was talking about Cleveland. Um, I think he's a for sure start. Like I said, start all your, your jags. Going on to the opposite side of the ball with Houston, you have to still start Damian Pierce if you're going to start anybody. And you got to start Brandon Cooks. Those are just... That's law. You got to start those two. Sandfriend is going to be going up against... The Panthers. This may be the lowest over under of the week, 39 points. And Carolina's getting six and a half. I'll make this really quick. Baker Mayfield about to get his ass. Whipped. That's it. Don't start anybody in Carolina, not even CMC. 49ers start Debo, the 49ers defense. Start Kittle if you got him. You don't have a choice. If he's healthy, you start him. And especially going up against this particular defense where the cornerbacks are actually pretty good. So you this may be a plus matchup for Kittle because it's going to be a lot easier to get him the ball than it's going to be to get the ball to IU or to uh, Gray or any of those guys. Debo's going to do it. They're going to scheme him the ball. So 
you don't really have to worry about that. But I do like Kittle in this particular matchup. Mayfield about to get buried. This nigga dead, man. Greenlaw, Joey Bosa, they gonna have fun. They gonna be taking turns coming after this kid. Dallas Cowboys going up against the Los Angeles Rams. This is a 43 point over under. Five and a half points going to Dallas. I actually like Dallas in this game. The Rams seem very discombobulated. If you have Cup, congratulations. I hope he survives because the amount of targets that he's getting and the beating that he's taking because of the said targets and he normally is one to get nicked up anyway good luck because right now your team is probably dependent on that guy and if he goes away sheesh for your fantasy team and for the rams for that matter because they aren't getting anybody else but he'd be involved as far as the cowboys are concerned I love the fact that Gallup will be one more weekend. C.D. Lamb is stepping up. There's a connection between him and Cooper Rush. So I do like C.D. C.D. Lamb in this game. Ramsey's been giving up a couple of plays here and now. I'm assuming he's going to be the one on C.D., um, which makes me definitely love Gallup. So we'll kind of see where things go there. I don't know where Schultz is as far as his progression from his injury. If Schultz goes, he would be a guy that I think should get a fair amount of targets. And I wouldn't fear starting him based on the fact that he was injured last week if he does go man again this is another good cover so what i'll say is um i think this game is going to be fair it's gonna be a it's gonna, i can't say a low scoring affair but i don't think this game picks up until the third quarter so with that being said i think like you said i think cd is there is a, a for sure play for whatever reason i, I don't we want to start researching this i don't know what it is about these quarterbacks once we put them in the top five that they just stop following the number one receiver ramsey literally been playing on the same side since we got to think it's flip it'll be our left i was so it'll be his left all the time he doesn't really he plays he doesn't play he plays more so in phase but he's he's not really tar- going traveling with the number one receiver and i think that's something like you really look at debo he, he didn't he didn't catch it all on ramsey ramsey just matched the tackle so i think it's gonna be plenty of opportunities for lamb i'm not even scared of the thought of Ramsey in this matchup. I just think, you know, he just on his side and that's what it is. Uh, but anyway, like you said, same same call out, same place. Because this is a, a battle of fronts, I just don't know how much stock I'm going to put into the running backs this week. Yeah, that's that's my take on it. The last three matchups have three of the highest over-unders. Plenty of fantasy points here. You have Philly going up against Arizona. This one is a 49-point over-under with Arizona getting five and a half points. You have Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Baltimore Ravens. That one is a 48 and a half point over under with Cincinnati getting three. And lastly, on Monday, we have the Raiders going up against the Chiefs. This one has a 51 point over under and the Raiders are getting set. I like the Eagles. Start your Eagles. Start Hurt. Start AJ. Start Goddard. Sanders. Car- the Cardinals don't have much of a, a defensive at all. Hence the 49 over under. Philly, however, does have a defense. So I think I don't I don't think this is going to be a back and forth. I think they're going to put foots in the Eagles. Um, so that's where I'm at on that one. So garbage time will be nice for Murray. He'll put up his normal numbers because garbage time counts too. Brown is going to do what he does outside of uh, Ertz maybe are, are good to go. And I like Rondell Moore being another week away from his injury because, again, the role that he plays, the same way Dorch was putting up points weekly, that's the role that Moore is going to be you know, taking over now that he's healthy. So I can see him, especially if they're behind and um, with PPR getting quite a bit of run there. And I'll let you tackle Cincinnati versus Baltimore. Yeah, man. I think in this matchup, obviously, you got to just start on Cincinnati. 
and you just got to go with Lamar and, and Andrews. I think it's, it's, you can't even read into this any more than that. Obviously, Ravens' pass defense is horrific. Fire everybody fuck up, man. This is, they about to give up another 400 yards of fucking passing. Burrow about to go crazy. And then, obviously, Joe Mixon is Joe Mixon. I think he's matchup proof regardless. Um, and then, obviously, we already know that correlation with Lamar and uh, and Andrew. So that's that's pretty much it. And lastly, we have, again, the Vegas Raiders going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Start everybody, man. This is, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is the highest over-under of the week at 51. And I can just see fireworks going off in this game. I love Adams. I love the – so for me, I love the fact that for most people, one of their best players, a couple of their best players, if you got Kelsey, if you got Patty, if you got Adams – some of your best players won't go to Monday night. So, you know, this is how I look at it. You know exactly what to pray for. I know exactly how many points I need to get from this guy to win. And um, so I, I can make sure that I'm sending up the right prayer. But I can see this one really being some fireworks. Kansas City's defense sneakily has been quite a bit better, but I don't think they have anything for Adams. I can definitely see him being the go-to guy. I also like Hunter Renfro this week. He's back at practice. He looks like he's going to be able to go. I like him to get back to doing what he's doing. And in this particular offense, that slot receiver again is definitely going to be a focal point outside of Adams. I don't know what the hell is going on with Waller right and. It's 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 becoming concerning, but the only reason it isn't a red alert type situation is because it's the same thing that's going on with Pitts. It's the same thing that's going on with several other of those tight ends that were picked a little bit earlier than others. That it, it the reason again why we t- tend to stream tight ends because what you're getting out of Higby and what you're getting out of Everett, and, you know, a lot of these guys that you didn't even have to draft is above what some of these guys that you skipped over a good running back wide receiver for. So. Yeah, and I think also, too, um, Waller, I think he's on the scene to sell high boat. So one thing I can, I can say about uh, Waller relatively quickly is that Waller has been, has been banged up pretty much the last two and a half seasons. If you look at he's played more games than he's had in his career over that span. But also, too, his injury designations have been up there as well. And then, obviously, it, it goes from being the only guy to now having an emerged Renfro and also Devontae Adams. It was one of those things that, that was bound to happen. And then uh, Moreo, and that's somebody we talked to talk about, the, the, the dynasty. Moreo is just a serviceable backup tight end, but he plays a lot into the red zone. He has a lot of uh, shares in the red zone, which also took away from his productivity, even when he blew up and had his first thousand yard season. So I'm not saying not to trade Darren Waller, but I do want to kind of let you guys know for those in Dynasty, there is some signs. And as Felix said, just check, you know, he's played a fair amount of games, but if you look at his injury report, he's been dealing with ailments, especially in the knees for quite some time now. And that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. We will be back to you on, it'll either be Monday or Tuesday. Just make sure you follow or subscribe. So if it does end up coming out on Monday, you'll be able to get to it as soon as it does come out. But we're going to make sure we get you your waiver while you go. We give you the review for what happened in week five, your news and notes, all that kind of good stuff is to come next week. Make sure you're sticking with us. Join the Facebook group, the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. 
we give a lot of information out there. A lot of the information that we use for the shows as far as target shares and snap counts and all that kind of good stuff, you can find right there in that Facebook group. So we definitely are looking forward to guiding you through the rest of the season. And on Monday or on the early week show, we may have a little bit of a treat for you. I'm not going to give you any details on what it is. You just got to make sure you follow and subscribe to make sure you get to it first because it's definitely going to be worth it. We'll see you then. We out.